Are you ready for a travel adventure? How about an exciting trip to Venice or an exhilarating experience in Bangkok? Maybe you were more about a culinary adventure in Barcelona or just a relaxing day cruising the canals of Amsterdam. Join the Professor Travel as he invites you on an epic excursion, one that has you traveling the globe with him. Come and experience a world of culture, a world of history and architecture, a world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel. Greetings, students, and welcome to the special domestic edition of The Professor Travel. I am your host, The Professor Travel, coming to you from Orange County, California. This is the website, the vlog, and the podcast that you come to in order to learn more about different travel destinations. This is where we come as a community in order to discuss them. Hopefully, this will inspire you to travel more and ultimately to enjoy life more. Now, you can reach me at a variety of different social media platforms, starting, of course, with my website, which is at theprofessortravel.com. If you're on YouTube, Facebook, and now on TikTok, you can find me there at The Professor Travel. If you're an Instagrammer, please feel free to find me there at the underscore professor underscore travel. If you are a Twitter, you can find me on Twitter at theprofessortr1. And then finally, if you're a blogger, you can find me on Blogspot at theprofessortravel.blogspot.com. Today, I would like to introduce you to our visiting professor coming to us from the great state of Tennessee. This is Heath Sneed. How are you doing, Heath? Doing pretty good. Coffee awesome. in hand, uh, ready for a race at Bristol here in just a few hours and uh, get a little time talking about the great state of Tennessee. Oh, fantastic. Now, for my students who may not be familiar with you, maybe you can go over a little bit of your credentials, maybe a little bit about your educational background, and maybe some places that you've traveled before. Absolutely. Um, so I'm from East Tennessee, Johnson City, to be exact. Uh, went to school at Daniel Boone High School um, and then college at Northeast State Community College. From there, entered the work field. I've been in retail and business practically my whole life. Um, and before COVID hit, I was a, uh, travel advisor for Liberty travel. Nice. Um, so as you said, the travel, um, I love taking cruises to be honest with you. Um, I flew to Jamaica once, but I love cruises cause they're like a buffet, a smorgasbord of the different islands and culture. And then you get to private islands where it's all just, you know, kick back and relax. It seems like a lot of fun, especially when you get a chance to go and cruise and find out all these different places that you're like, hmm, I like that place. I didn't necessarily like that place more, but it's kind of like a box of chocolates, in my opinion. It's, Absolutely. It's, yeah, you get a little sampling of everything, and then every other year or two, take you a flyaway destination to one of those places you really liked. Absolutely. So. I was going to ask you, um, did you always leave out of the same port when you did cruising, or have you left from different ports? I have left from Orlando or Canaveral, uh, Miami, and Baltimore. Okay, so great. I've, leave, I've left out of different ports. Yeah. Very cool. So get, well, getting to the ports is half the fun <laughs> cruise as well. It's half the adventure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Did you actually spend any time in Orlando before you hit Port Canaveral? Or? Uh, yeah, we actually went down and did City Walk one night, uh, Disney Springs, or it was Downtown Disney at the time. Mm -hmm one night and then went on to Cocoa Beach, stayed the night there and then uh, cruised out of Canaveral that time. Wonderful. And then Miami, we actually flew to Miami on New Year's Day, uh, had dinner at the Hard Rock and left on the cruise on January 2nd. Oh, wow. So that was right after fun. New Year's. Very yeah. cool. So it was snowing at home and I had my toes in the sand in Mexico. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can think of worse ways to spend your time. So Yeah, good point. So the focus of today's vlog and podcast is going to be on the great state of Tennessee, which I really have to tell you, I don't know that much about. So I'm hoping you can enlighten myself and some of my listeners, the students who are watching and listening. Talk to us a little bit about what history you know about your state. Absolutely. Well, you know, we're, not to dive too deep into the history, I'll hit some cliff notes. Um, Tennessee was discovered in 1541. Uh, Hernando de Soto uh, claimed it for Spain, but it wasn't settled for over 100 years. Um, the first signs of settlement in what's now the Nashville area was Fort Lick in 1714. Um, and then 1779, the city of Nashboro was founded. Um, uh, a little bit before that, in the French and Indian War, Britain took control of Tennessee and actually made it part of North Carolina for a while okay. um, and actually made a law forbidding anybody to settle west of the Appalachian Mountains. <laughs> um, but they did anyway, and now we have Nashboro or what's now Nashville. Um, June 1st, 19, uh, 1796, it became the 16th state of the... Uh, of the United States, um, okay. it has given us. Let's see here, one, two, three U.S. presidents: oh, wow. um, uh, Andrew Jackson, James Polk, and Andrew Johnson. Okay, um, and it was it did secede during the Civil War, mm -hmm. eighteen sixty six. We were readmitted to the Union. Okay, and that's uh, that's your textbook history. <laughs> um, but in, in my opinion, the more fun history comes around the 1920s, and that was the beginning of the Grand Ole Opry uh, oh, nice. in Nashville, and that's really what cemented Nashville, Tennessee as Music City, USA. Yep. Um, and then during the revolution of you know power being distributed across America, everybody's heard of the TVA. Mm -hmm. um, the first hydroelectric dam was built right outside of Knoxville, which is just about an hour from my hometown, in 1933. Okay. So that's some of the more notable events in Tennessee history. Excellent. Some of the better ones, too. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you sharing that with us, so thank you so much. Um, just in terms of proximity, what are the states that are surrounding you? Um, well, I like to say that Tennessee is one of the most centrally located states in the eastern United States. Um, most anywhere you want to go on the eastern seaboard, you can get to from Tennessee in less than a day's drive. Um, so you look on the map, you look at eastern part of the United States. <laughs> Tennessee is going to be right there in the center. Um, we've got Kentucky to the north, Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia to the south. Okay. Virginia and North Carolina to our east. And then Missouri and Arkansas to the west across the Mississippi River. How long does it take uh, to get across the largest part of the state, would you say? Like if you were driving from the east to the west. Depends on who's driving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm driving, 10 minutes, but, you know. Um, you know, <clears throat> if you take 40 from one end to the other, mm -hmm. um, and let's just say you're aiming from Johnson City to Memphis. So okay. if you look at Tennessee and the points from one point to the other, <laughs> it'll probably take you a little under 10 hours. Okay. Just because there's not really a state straight line. You'll have to go down and then catch 40, and it does this. It does oh. zigzags. Right, is, it um, very, is it very mountainous in that area? or Once you get past uh, Knoxville, going west, um, the mountains flatten out really quick. Okay. Um, so the eastern part of Tennessee from Johnson City and the Tri-Cities down through Knoxville into Chattanooga is the western half of the Appalachian Mountains. Okay. And it just flattens out and goes into your flatland from there. Oh, okay. So 
leave Knoxville going west after about 45 minutes to an hour, you're driving flat. It looks like Indiana. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of like me driving out to Vegas from California. So I, I totally understand. Flat that. and boring. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me about the weather. Now you've got, a, you got beautiful seasons over there. You, we you do. We're one of the few regions where you actually get four distinctive seasons. And, you know, not too many regions in America have that, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Have they, the pleasure, the variety. Yeah. yeah. Um, because winters can get, you know, I've seen zero degrees in <laughs> Johnson City. Um, and then I've seen 110 in the summer. Bonfire seasons in the fall are amazing. And spring, you can ride a raft down the driveway. So you get four <laughs> distinctive seasons in Tennessee, and I love it. Excellent. Now, you do yeah. have some inclement weather, though. So there are some we extremes. Can. Yeah. Well, like I said, I've seen zero degrees in Tennessee. Um, and even in the mountains of uh, Pigeon Forge in Gatlinburg, one of the biggest you know, tourist destinations, um, you can wear shorts and a T-shirt during the day and need jeans and a hoodie at night. Because the weather can change that quickly when you're up in the mountainous elevations. It's not as crazy as the Rocky Mountains. We can still get some uh, weather changes there. Do you find that you're layering often in your area or no? Not so much. Uh, not as much as layering as keep a hoodie in the back seat. Okay. That makes sense. Also, yeah. you guys get tornadoes out there frequently, don't you? Middle and West Tennessee can get uh, their fair share of tornadoes. Not as much as the Midwest, but where it's just flat enough for the momentum to pick up from the cloud cover. Mm -hmm. um, the right conditions occur. Actually, some of the worst tennis tornadoes in the past few years have been in Tennessee and the Nashville area. Yeah. Um, it's not as prevalent, like I said, as the Midwest, but it's definitely something to keep in mind. Okay. Now let's jump over to the culture of your area because there are yeah. some amazing people, individuals, lots of stuff to talk about here. Yes. Start, let's start, let's start really quick though with religion. Cause I think for the most part, it's a, it's a Christian uh, state. There's a, there, there are a variety of different religions in your area, but I think, you know, between Presbyterian, Catholic, Protestant, there, there's a, there's a good amount of the Christian religion in your state, correct? Yeah. 80, about 82% of the population is going to claim Christianity. Okay. Um, as far as religion. And it's known as the buckle of the Bible belt. <laughs> You've heard the South is the Bible belt. Well, Tennessee is the buckle of it. Um, there's still plenty of counties that have blue laws. Um, plenty of counties that have businesses closed on Sunday. And actually, the buckle of the Bible belt and all those blue laws, the world's most famous whiskey, Jack Daniels, is made in Tennessee, and it's made in a dry county. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Other than the distillery, you cannot buy Jack Daniels in the city and county that it's made in. I'm really quite surprised that they wouldn't have lobbied for that. But I guess, you know, it's, it's well, think of it when the it's only 381 people in the town of Lynchburg, Tennessee. Yeah. And they practically all work for Jack Daniels or were a family of Jasper Newton. And would you want, you know, Jim Beam or George Dickel sold in your town if you're a family of Jack? Mm. All right, point. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a whiskey monopoly down there. <laughs> well, but you know, I, again, I hear you know from from all from all perspective that you have some of the best uh, distilleries and alcohol in your state. So I mean, it's yeah. just, like here in here in California, we claim a lot of the wine country, 
Yes. Um, and, and, and that's great and all, but if you're looking for something specific to whiskey or bourbon or something like that, you're going to be in that type and you're going to be in your area, your neck of the woods as it were. Yeah. So that's really, so good. the, the liquor in Tennessee is what, uh, especially East Tennessee, um, Gatlinburg has America's first legal moonshine distillery. Oh, nice. with old smoky. And since that started a little over a decade ago from the exit at I 40, to get off the interstate in Sevierville, go through Pigeon Forge to Gatlinburg, where Old Smoky is located. Last I counted, in that less than 10 miles, there are 27 distilleries, breweries, and wineries. Lord. <laughs> and that's just on one interstate exit alone. I hear my I hear um, my liver screaming at me right now. Yeah. Anytime we go down there, it's like, no, don't <laughs> drink. Too much. <laughs> Too much. Yeah. Thank you. It's like, it never hurts to go on a little tour and maybe, oh, you know, if they're, if they just happen to give you something at the end of the tour, eh, yeah. why not? Oh, and to bring something home, of course, you know, you got to And that. to tie back into religion, Old Smokey mm-hmm. is actually the number one buyer of communion cups. Because oh, wow. <laughs> they oh, have surpassed any church. They buy more communion cups than the churches do. Oh, that's so funny. That's oh, wow. <laughs> Now let's jump over really quick to the arts because when I think of arts, I think of a few different things. I think of obviously, you know, fine arts like painting and dancing, um, yes, writing. But then there's a huge number of actors and singers that come from your area, including people like Justin Timberlake, Kathy Bates, Miley Cyrus, Morgan Freeman. Morgan um, Freeman from Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, right. A lot of people <laughs> don't realize that he's from Tennessee. Um, but yeah, Kathy Bates, another great one. Miley mm-hmm. Cyrus, the daughter of Billy Ray Cyrus. Uh, you know, achey, breaky heart and that mullet back in the night. <laughs> oh my gosh. I remember that. And then Justin Timberlake, you know, one of the biggest guys in a boy band in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Now one of the biggest pop entertainers of all. And he's also from the Memphis area as well. But really what, uh, I mean, apart from Morgan Freeman, surprising me on this as well, Quentin Tarantino, have you, yeah. he, was, he was born in Tennessee as well. Yes. Uh, and then obviously a worldwide name now yeah. in the movie industry. Mm-hmm. Um, Get the Kill Bill franchise. I love it. Oh, love movies. it. Love it. Yes. And then, um, of course, Tina Turner. And, of course, you cannot say anything without St. Dolly, you know. The queen of country music, Dolly Parton. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Everybody so, loves Dolly. I was really surprised. More than I think more than almost any state I have done interviews on, I was really very surprised about the number of entertainers that come out of your state. And I'm, I'm not yeah. quite sure why that is. Cause you would think like a New York or Texas with the population or even um, California with its population size would have just a massive amount, but people tend to come here rather than be born here to some yeah. of those entertainment pieces. And it's, you know, some people can get surprised with the, the names and faces that you'll recognize that are from Tennessee. Um, but we can lay claim to quite a few of those. And we're very proud of them. <laughs> Absolutely. Great job. Um, now, in terms of language, I think it's primarily English in your area. There's not a yeah. second language spoken really much. The last census that was taken showed 94.6% English was spoken okay. at home. Um, and I still, this is just my personal opinion. I don't think that's totally accurate. I think it could be a little lower uh, just because, and we'll talk about, you know, some of the farming later. Um, a lot of your farmhands are Hispanic. Migrant workers, um, yeah. And some of them haven't got their green cards yet. Okay. So they're not documented on those census forms. So I would say it might be lower, not too much lower, maybe about 90%. 
Okay. Because you do have those farmhands that are going to be more Spanish. But for the for the most part, it's it's an English speaking state. Okay. Now let's jump over to my favorite topic, which is diet and food. Obviously, we've already talked a little bit about the the drink in your yep. in your wonderful state. <laughs> but I got a picture on my screen here of barbecue. Why is barbecue oh. so prevalent in your state? What's going on with that? It's- so when you look at barbecue across the country, you have your uh, your barbecue from the Ohio, the Cleveland area that sort of, you, you make your chili out of the barbecue leftovers. You got your North Carolina barbecue, your wine style. You got your Southern, you know, Alabama, Mississippi barbecue, but everything comes to the center in Tennessee. And that's where you get your Memphis ribs and your Tennessee barbecue. Jack Daniels, once again, hosts one of the biggest barbecue competitions, the Jack Daniels Barbecue Invitational every October. Um, And there's just so many. It's it's like we do with pork and beef and barbecue what everybody else does with chicken and shrimp. Nice. You can do barbecue so many different ways. And the, the biggest key, and you've seen it on every, you know, food show talks about barbecue, mm-hmm. low and slow. If you haven't been cooking that barbecue for two days at about 275, then you're, it's going to be tough. It's not going to be juicy and moist and it's going to taste like leather. <laughs> This actually gives me a, a chance to plug one of my friends. Um, he has a really great YouTube channel. Uh, it's called Lovey's Fat Life. And he, he does a lot of things about um, like different types of smoking. And, uh, he also does travel on there as well. But he also yeah. he talks about smoking and barbecues and different types of things that he focuses on on his channel, which is fantastic. Yeah. So again, just great, great work there. Uh, but apart from barbecue, are there any other things that like come to mind in terms of uh, modern things, uh, whether it's either a, a food company or a specific style of food that you're, that is distinctively Tennessee? Well, out there in California, I think they've gone a little West, but a lot of people know who Cracker Barrel is. Oh yeah. Especially right off the interstate. You've stopped at a Cracker Barrel. You've had that good home cooking food and they're actually headquartered in Tennessee. The first oh, okay. Cracker Barrel is about 45 minutes outside of Nashville. Okay. Um, so everybody knows who Cracker Barrel is, and that's definitive Southern cooking right there. And then you've also heard of Nashville hot chicken. I have not. And, oh, it hasn't gotten out there. It hasn't gotten out here. No, Maybe talk to me about this. Nashville. Okay. So it started out a little restaurant called Hattie B's and in Nashville, and she makes hot chicken. Okay. And it is a very distinctive style of spicy hot chicken. And hmm. it's... Served in mostly like chicken tender strips, and it's a uh, oily. It's not really a sauce. It's spices mixed with oil, and that's what holds it to the chicken. And it's served with fresh pickles on top. Oh wow! And it's oh, now I'm hungry. We might have to this early so I can go make some hot chicken. We had this conversation Um, before we started. We knew this was going to (laughs) come. We did. I didn't know you did not know about hot chicken. No, no. KFC did it for a while. Did it not make it out there? We had... We've had um, like like we get buffalo chicken stuff and uh, things like that, but it's and we have we have chains out here. Obviously, KFC, Popeyes. We have Raising Canes, yeah. which is another one that's really big out in this area. But no, I'm I'm not familiar with the term at least. So maybe it's just something that I'm yeah. just not familiar. What about as far as for for the people who like sweets in our, in our in our backyard here? What about any types of desserts, whether the pies or cakes or any type well, of well, the Google cluster. Um, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it is a it's a pecan 
covered in chocolate. It's a little, little patty. I can't remember everything that's in them, but those were uh, made in Tennessee. Oh, wow. And then the world-famous moon pie. Moon pies, of course. They're from Tennessee as well. I have two boxes of them in my cabinet right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, moon pies are from Tennessee, goo-goo clusters. Um, a lot of people think saltwater taffy, or here saltwater taffy, they think go to the coast. Uh, but Pigeon Forge is actually one of the biggest producers of saltwater taffy. Uh, they take the river water, add a little salt to it, and make saltwater taffy right there on the parkway. Wow. Um, other than that, I mean, you got, it's regional little mom and pop shop, little candy companies that are, you know, downtown. Nothing that's going to be shipped out anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just one of those unique things about just traveling around, going to these different towns and finding small stuff like that. What a, what a treasure. That's going to be amazing. Just to kind of, you know, search it out and kind of find some neat stuff like that. That's oh, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Now in terms of sports, um, talk to me about some of the teams you got out there. I got an education from you before we even started this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so we were talking about football. We've got the Tennessee Titans, um, mm-hmm. and they've been in Tennessee since 1997, but the Titans have only been around since 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, if, for the people that don't know much about football, uh, the Houston Oilers used to be in Houston, Texas. And they left Houston for Tennessee. But at the time, the, ten- the incoming operation in Tennessee did not have a name for the team. So the Tennessee Oilers were a team in the NFL for two years. And everybody was trying to figure out where in the world you get oil from in Tennessee. <laughs> So there was a uh, it was a contest uh, where you submitted names uh, and the Titans won it out. So we've had the Tennessee Titans since '99, but the team's been in Tennessee since '97. We also have the Memphis Grizzlies, who used to be in Vancouver. Um, they've been in Memphis since uh, 2001. Okay. We also have the Nashville Predators. They were an expansion team to the NHL, um, and they've been playing in Bridgestone Arena since 1998. And then last year, in the middle of the pandemic, they still launched the Nashville Soccer Club. Oh, wow. It was an MLS uh, team. So the only major league sport we don't have yet is baseball. Are you guys looking and at the baseball team? We're actually petitioning the MLB for the Nashville Stars. Huh. Um, are you importing got, a team or are you going to home, home grow them? I mean, at this point, I think we'll take whatever we can get, but we're, we're asking for an expansion team. Okay. So it'll be an additional team. Um, but they already have, uh, a lot of names. Uh, Darius Rucker is pulling for it. Okay. Uh, Luke Combs, two very predominant country singers. And there's a, there's a whole list, but they already have uh, blueprints and plans to build a, baseball stadium right next to Nissan stadium, which is where the Titans play across the river in Nashville. Very cool. Well, I mean, and like, it, it just makes sense, especially in that general area. Like for us, I'm about six miles away from Disneyland and right next to that is you have Anaheim stadium, which is where the angels play angels Yep. right across the freeway. Like literally across the freeway, you have the pond, which is where the mighty ducks play. Yep. And so, I mean, you have, you have all this stuff just within like a general proximity of each other. And like in my, in Anaheim stadium, they also used to do, or uh, yeah, in the stadium, they used to do, um, the Rams and the Raiders when they were here as well. So, uh, so yeah, it's, there's, there's a lot of different things. Um, one other thing really quick, I know you guys don't have necessarily 
state holidays? I, th- I think we talked about that before. But are there any yeah. like festivals or? I mean, you already said they had like like a barbecue thing. That I wasn't sure if that was like a regional or if it's something specific to a specific day. Or do you guys have like something where you celebrate certain veggies or things like you that? You know, it, it it's a, it's sort of a southern staple. You're going to find little towns have little festivals all the time, um, and. One of the more notable ones uh, that goes into more of the fine arts is the International Storytelling Festival is held in Jonesboro, Tennessee every year. And you get your old-fashioned storytellers, the guys that, you know, sit there and will spin spin and weave a story. And whether it's one that they know or they can literally write fiction on the fly. And they're world-renowned storytellers. That's so, so cool. That's one of the biggest festivals uh, in Tennessee, and it's actually just a couple minutes. I used to live in Jonesboro, Tennessee, as a matter mm. of fact. Um, so you have that. Um, Nashville has the biggest New Year's celebration in the Central Time Zone. Um, so instead of the ball dropping, it's a giant music note. <laughs> <laughs> that drops down right outside of Hard Rock Cafe on Broadway. They have live performers. Somebody rings in with the first concert of the year on a stage outside. It's normally freezing cold, but right there in the middle of Broadway in downtown Nashville. Um, now, are then, you Eastern or Central? Because I thought, I, I wasn't sure if you were. Nashville has two time zones. Oh, or Nash- Tennessee, has, or Tennessee. Tennessee has two time zones. Yeah. Um, so East Tennessee is in the Eastern time zone. Okay. Um, and that's from, you know, Johnson City all the way down to Chattanooga. Mm. Um, and then right about 20 miles before you get to Nashville, it goes into the Central time zone. Mm. Now, what's wild is you go through Nashville. Once you get into Kentucky, going towards Indiana, you go back to Eastern time zone. It's got to be confusing. It's one of the weirdest <laughs> lines. But it's like a little beep. <laughs> yeah. So you got Eastern, Middle, and Western Tennessee. Eastern Tennessee is in the Eastern time zone. Middle got and it. West is Central. So there's two different time zones in Tennessee. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, I, I brought a population map up on the screen here. And for those who are listening on the podcast, you can always come over to the YouTube channel in order to check out this. But it looks like there are specific areas where there's a larger population center than others. Um Based on what I'm showing here, can you tell me where I'm circling? So that's going to be uh, Shelby County is that big square right there. Okay. And that's where Memphis is located. Okay. Home of that Memphis barbecue we were talking about. Um, nice. Also B.B. King and Elvis Presley. Oh, yes. Yeah. What about- uh, so that's going to be your predominant area right there. What's up here in this general that area? Is, that is Music City, USA. That's Nashville. Okay. Um, and right there where the, the most of the red is, in that weird shape, that is Davidson County. That is, that is Nashville, Tennessee. Wonderful. Um, there's a little bit of an area up here, it looks like, towards the north. So that is right outside of Fort Campbell, uh, Kentucky, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Fort Campbell, Kentucky is one of the largest uh, National Guard bases okay. uh, in the area. That would make sense. And that's going to serve your Kentucky National Guard and your Tennessee National Guard. But it's right on the state line, um, Mm. if memory serves me correctly. So that's why there's a little blip of red right there. Okay. Now, as we get down to this this river ridge here, we've got two major population centers. We have one that's a little bit north and another one that's much further south. What are these two areas here? So the one in the center right there, that is uh, Knox County. Okay. Knoxville, Tennessee, um, home of the UT Volunteers, University of Tennessee. Um, and then right outside of that, more towards uh, 
that darker green where the population is super low, that's your Appalachian Mountain Range. Okay. And that's going to be where Pigeon Forge in Gatlinburg is located. That's one of the biggest tourist areas in East Tennessee as well. Okay. What's down here then? Down that is stuff. Chattanooga. You've heard that's of Chattanooga. the Chattanooga Choo-Choo. Yep. And that's actually home of the Tennessee Aquarium, uh, Moon Pies, Lookout Mountain, a lot of good natural uh, sites to visit down there. And then uh, finally, right in the northern end here, we have a couple so of rich population if you, areas. If you look at that one, stop right there. Okay. Left just a little bit. Yeah. That's my hometown. That is Johnson City, Tennessee. <laughs> That's Washington County. Um, Washington County and Carter County, right or uh, Sullivan County, right above it, are actually uh, the 11th and 13th most populated areas of Tennessee. Um, you'll count 95 counties right there. Only mm -hmm. 12 of them have populations of over 100,000. Everything else is super low density. <laughs> What is the total population of your state? Uh, 2019, they counted at 6.829 million. Okay. Um, so it's, it's, it's decently populated. But as you know, if you're watching us on YouTube here, the majority of that's going to be in Memphis and Nashville. And actually, the Memphis area is more populated than the Nashville area. Hmm. Really? That I'm actually surprised about. But I yeah. guess it depends on like if you're commuting to the area, too. That's another thing. So, I mean, there can be a lot of other variables that, that are there. Yeah, because you got a lot of, uh, I mean, Nashville's a state capital, so you got a lot more uh, industry and headquarters there. <laughs> so, a little bit more population there, but then Memphis is right on the river. Perfect. Now, in terms of the economy, there's a lot of companies that are either centralized in terms of uh, their headquarters located in Tennessee, or they have a number of people that they've hired based in Tennessee. Uh, yeah. I, I listed here some like Oak Ridge uh, National Labs, Eastman, which is formerly Eastman Kodak, um, Team Health, Flying J, uh, Acredo, uh, Dollar General. Again, they're everywhere, but I... <laughs> They are. I think they, they their corporation is based out of there, and then of course yep. TVA uh, for anybody who's interested in energy and, and power. Um, anything that I'm leaving out, or anything you wanted to comment on this? So um, some of them that sort of fly under the radar. Uh, FedEx World Hub is actually in Memphis, um, so that's one of the biggest. You know, obviously uh, logistics and uh, shipping providers other than UPS and the United States Postal Service. They're headquartered in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Um, you mentioned Eastman, which used to be Eastman Kodak. They're one of the largest employers in Tennessee as well, and they're right outside of my hometown in Kingsport. Okay. Um, and that's Sullivan County. Okay. Um, and then you also have two of the uh, largest auto dis uh, manufacturers. You have a Nissan plant in Smyrna mm -hmm. and a General Motors plant in Spring Hill. Yeah, I was really kind of surprised when you told me about that because I was always thinking that that was more up in the Rust Belt area where, where the manufacturing was done, but it was like, yeah. I was really surprised about that. Yeah, they've moved. So everybody's, you know, you've heard of the decline of manufacturing in Detroit uh, for one reason or the other. Yeah. Um, just because they've realized that with the country growing over the last hundred years when they started, when, when Henry Ford started making, you know, the horseless carriage, um, shipping out of more centralized locations mm -hmm. is a lot easier to do than shipping out of, you know, the central North of the United States. Yeah. And that's why there's a lot of companies looking towards Tennessee and even Kentucky yeah. to do a lot of their manufacturing because it's a lot easier to ship out of those centralized states, um, which goes back to, you know, what I was talking about. It's one of the most central located 
centrally located states in the eastern United States. Which actually is going to lead us into another topic on transportation and travel. Yes. Funny that being. Thank you for the <laughs> great segue. Um, in terms of, now, we'll talk about roads first just because I keep hearing you say the 40, the 40, the 40. Is that the main highway that goes throughout? Interstate 40 will take you from East Tennessee to West Tennessee. It'll actually take you from Barstow, California to Wilmington, North Carolina. Oh, okay. Well, I could jump on 40 and come see you in a heartbeat. Okay. Um, yeah. 40 is one of the longest interstates in the United States, and it runs right through Tennessee. Okay. And then in terms of uh, other major transportation areas, we've talked about uh, we talked about you know FedEx having a hub out of there. I'm assuming yep. they're out of one of the major airports within the area. Memphis is a, is one of the two international airports in the state of Tennessee. Uh, the other one being in Nashville. Oh, I'm really. I'm, I, I would thought Chattanooga would have. No, uh, Chattanooga is actually just a smaller. Um, it's not really a regional, but it's not an international. Um, okay. You don't pick a. You don't grab a connector out of Chattanooga. <laughs> that's a, that's a tour from destination. Okay. Uh, but your largest are Nashville. Uh, international and then Memphis International. Okay. And you also have uh, Chattanooga, as we mentioned, uh, McGee Tyson in Knoxville, which is actually uh, part of the uh, National Guard, uh, Tennessee Air National Guard. Okay. Is So the airport's on one side of the airstrip and the Tennessee Air National Guard is on the other side. Perfect. And that's why instead of it being like Knoxville Airport, it's McGee Tyson because okay. it's technically a military base. And then you have Tri-Cities Regional Airport, which is the one I pass uh, on a constant basis in East Tennessee. That's the fifth largest in the state. Do you have any large river ports that are, that are notable? Over on the western side. Okay. So the western border of Tennessee is actually the Mississippi River. Oh, okay. Um, so you have a lot of shipping out of Memphis, and then there's a little bit of riverboat tourism. Um, you can do the, either do a round trip, or you can go from Memphis all the way down to New Orleans on a riverboat. Okay. Um, but that's it, it, they're not huge, but it's it's substantial. It it, it helps uh, both travel and uh, transportation of goods. Speaking of transportation of goods, also um, we were talking about how things in the north. You know, especially when you're dealing with stuff in, say, Detroit, Michigan, and there will be months there where it could get snowed in in some cases. I mean, I would only imagine that you'd have to have a robust train system that would be able to get parts and and items from there down to Tennessee. Uh, How is the train transportation in terms of freight? So freight trains are still very predominant. Uh, okay. They're very prevalent. I won't say predominant because the interstate system has sort of taken over okay. uh, the state of Tennessee. Because like I said, 40 runs, you know, parallel uh, or lateral through the state. And then you have 55, 65, 75, and 81. So you have four other north to south interstates right across the state. So the interstate system in Tennessee has pretty much taken over, but you still have quite a few freight trains. Um, Not much passenger use on those trains, Mm -hmm. um, but the freight trains are in, you see them, you'll go through a crossing in every small town you come through in Tennessee. So the freight, and like you said, when when you're snowed in, that freight train is about the only thing that's going to get through that on a dependent basis. 
And then in, as far as travel and tourism, um, you have a couple of major tourism spots located in your state. Obviously, yeah. Dollywood being one of them. Yeah. So Dollywood is in Pigeon Forge, um, and it is right outside of the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Um, and it's one of the biggest tourist uh, tourist hubs without going to the beach that you're going to find in the east um, without any major city near it. Because, um, you know, you'll see theme parks pop up around, you know, Atlanta. Um, you got Carowinds down in Charlotte. You come up on into Virginia. You got other theme parks around uh, Norfolk. But Dollywood is in the center of, you know, Sevierville. Mm-hmm. They're the closest big city is Knoxville, and that's the... F- third most populated city in the state of Tennessee. Um, but as it's mentioned, it is ma- uh, owned by Dolly Parton. Um, she is from Sevierville. Um, so that's one of the world's most popular theme parks. Um, There's also, um, correct me if I'm wrong, is is Graceland also in Tennessee? Graceland is in Memphis, yes. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, I, I, yeah. I didn't, we didn't talk about it. I was like, wait a minute. I thought that Elvis Presley had something in there as well. Yes. Graceland was his home in Memphis. Um, and that's uh, a big tourist spot as well between the blues and the barbecue and Elvis. You got Memphis over there in West Tennessee. You have uh, our East Tennessee mountains, your moonshine and Dollywood in Gatlinburg and Sevierville leading right into the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Appalachian Trail runs right through it. Mm-hmm. And then you got Music City USA over in Nashville, which is the capital of country music. But it's not just country music. You can find every kind of style of music playing somewhere in Nashville every night, seven nights a week, live music. Sounds really so. kind of cool. <laughs> Got to be able to kind of visit that sometimes. Um, okay, so in terms of government, and again, I just want to touch base on this just really briefly. Um, it's You live in primarily a red state. It's a, a conservative for the most part, uh, and that's both with the federal and the uh, state and local as well yeah. for the most part, correct? Yeah. Um, most all your elections are going to turn up being red. Um, okay. You do have some blue areas, such as Memphis, um, and Memphis is a predominantly black area. Okay. So you're going to have a lot of uh, blue there. Uh, Nashville is predominantly blue. Uh, They are more progressive. And then Chattanooga is starting to be a little more blue. Okay. Um, But with everybody else in the state, it carries it into a a red state more than not. Okay, perfect. Then in terms of the resources, this is where I was really kind of surprised. And by the way, you say, like, where's their oil in Tennessee? I... That was one of the resources I thought I saw, you know, in terms of coal, natural gas, and oil. That were some things that little bit, little okay. bit. It's, it's not enough to really, you know, it's not like Texas. Know, make Texas the Tennessee the new Texas. No, yeah. <laughs> there's little pockets here and there. Um, yeah. And as you see on the screen, coal and natural gas are uh, also, I wouldn't say prevalent, but they're there. They're enough to you know make a living off of. Um, but there's there's a ton of resources in the state of Tennessee. Yeah, I mean uh, the the agricultural areas, especially things like tomatoes, sweet potatoes, tobacco. Although tobacco is not really talked about as much, but I mean that that is there. Yeah. Um, well, I mean everybody knows it's bad for you. Let's you know that's common sense. Um, so you the government doesn't want you to talk about it, but. You, you walk around, you go outside every day, you see tobacco is still out there. People use it. Mm-hmm. And it is still one of the biggest cash crops in the state of Tennessee. 
Um, and then, like you said earlier, we're sort of highlighting stuff before we started. If you can plant it, dig it out of the ground and eat it, Tennessee <laughs> probably has it. And we have figured out how to fry it too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was really kind of surprised because I heard mention of things like vanilla and cocoa, but I guess those are kind of individualized to their own specific location. Yeah. You asked me about that earlier and some people, like we have so much manufacturing in, in the food industry in the state of Tennessee. And sometimes in some of your smaller places, it's easier to make what you need than to source it out, especially if you don't need a ton. Yeah. It's easier to grow your own vanilla and cacao instead of trying to source it out from, let's say, Hershey or M&M Mars or somebody like that. Yeah. So it's it's enough to make a blip on the map, but it's not really an export. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a very unique situation. Yeah. Very cool. Then in terms of education, obviously, you know, the, the big colleges are the ones I think of that are in there. Uh, Tennessee Tech, uh, Vanderbilt, obviously. Uh, in, in fact, I just got my Moderna shot <laughs> not that long ago. So I know uh, St. Dolly helped to promote that through them. Um, yes. TSU, University of Tennessee. Um, what other colleges might I be leaving out of here that you might want? So to you've got quite a few of your community colleges, and mm-hmm. in my opinion, that's what gets the majority of the edu- the, the post secondary education done. Um, I went to a community college, um, but you also have East Tennessee State University. Mm. Um, you know, we, we not taking anything away from Vanderbilt; they're a great medical school. Yeah. UT is a great medical school. Um, ETSU is also one of the top acclaimed medical schools in the country, but they also work very closely with the uh, Veterans Administration, the VA hospital. Yeah. Um, Johnson City, Tennessee, where ETSU is, uh, also houses the James H. Quillen VA hospital. Oh, okay. And it's one of the largest veteran hospitals in the Southeast. That's awesome. So they work together to more focus on your uh, veterans' healthcare. Um, some of the, maybe it might be PTSD and it'd be more mental. Maybe it's, you know, rehab coming back from war, some of that stuff. Um, but ETSU is still very predominant as well. Um, but you have, you know, like you said, Vanderbilt and UT, two SEC schools that are very notable throughout the country. Absolutely. Um, so your, your secondary education in Tennessee is very sought after. Wonderful. And then finally, um, in terms of safety and security, uh, to the best of my knowledge, we don't really see a lot of foreign or domestic terrorism, although there was a recent event that you had highlighted that we yeah, probably should touch I, I, on. Yeah, I'll, you, you have to sort of mention it because it is there, unfortunately. Um, but it was an isolated incident in Nashville. A disgruntled gentleman um, targeted a, the AT&T building. Um, but I'm proud to say that, you know, I've got this same uh, PowerPoint that I've been taking notes on mm-hmm. and working on this. And this one screen still has zero notes on it. And I'm yeah. proud to say that Tennessee is one of the safest. I mean, every every state's going to have their issues. But yeah. We have not had major issues. It's one of the safe, safest states you can live in and even visit. Which is awesome. And I, and I really appreciate that, especially for people yeah. who want to travel there. And speaking of which, this leads us to the end. But I want to know, in terms of if I had a free ticket – to fly to you, what in like sixty seconds or less? Sell me on why I would want to go out to your state. Yeah, sixty seconds or less. All right. <laughs> so we have some of the best food you're going to eat. Oh, okay. Well, we have some of the best me. liquor you're going to drink. Mm-hmm. Some of the best music you're going to hear, and some of the most beautiful natural sights you're going to see and be able to walk through. And you can all experience that within one day. 
just that by visiting awesome. the great state of Tennessee. That is fantastic. Yeah, awesome, Heath. <laughs> well, Heath, I want to say thank you so much. And again, um, for people who want to maybe follow you or understand a little bit more, you have your own YouTube channel at Cowboy Jack Live, correct? Yes. Uh, so I'm, I'm the man of many hats. Um, <laughs> as we were talking earlier, the name Cowboy Jack got started because I'm a... I want to get back into it, but I am a uh, wrestling color commentator and TV show host. Mm. And uh, a, a friend of mine gave me the name Cowboy Jack, and I'm stuck with it. <laughs> so um, I've st- I started Cowboy Jack live a couple years ago. Some of the streams are live. Some of them are pre-recorded. But it's just a little menagerie of you know what I come across, whether it's product reviews, whether it's daily musings, reaction videos. I'm actually working on putting the last cruise together that me and my wife took. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, so that's one of my next videos coming up. Um, coronavirus led me more towards Twitch and just streaming video games. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm bringing Cowboy Jack live back. So okay. that's where you can sort of get into my twisted little mind some. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> and again, thank you again for sharing your musings with us. We really appreciate it. Oh, it's my it. pleasure. My pleasure. You, you've, been a great, you've been a great interviewee. So thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. Anytime. All right. And so for my students that are out there, if you have any comments or questions, you can certainly send them to Scott at theprofessortravel.com. If you are on YouTube right now and you see that bell icon right above you, please feel free to click it in order to get notified about when new videos come up. If you haven't already done so, please feel free to subscribe. It doesn't cost you any extra and we really appreciate it. Um, And then of course, if you like this content and you want to see more of it, give us a thumbs up. We really appreciate that. Finally, though, in terms of in terms of the um, podcast, if you are on the podcast and you would like to rate us, review us, let us know a little bit about what you're thinking. We really appreciate it. All feedback is good, so we really appreciate that. So, until our next time, my name is Scott. This is the Professor Travel, and make every day a travel adventure. Take care, everybody. Bye bye now. The Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting The Professor Travel at his website, theprofessortravel.com. For opportunities to work with The Professor Travel, feel free to contact Scott at theprofessortravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook at The Professor Travel or Twitter at TheProfessorTR1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.